Welcome to a football show, Monday edition here, of course, from 440 Sports. His name is Zach Lyons. My name is Braden Gall. Welcome to the product here. If you want to get involved in the comment section there, make sure you jump in. Questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, all the all the things there. Uh, if you want to jump in and be a part of the product, we do really appreciate it. Of course, brought to you by the Kingston Group and the Pharmacy, our two great and amazing local sponsors here on the show. Zach, good good afternoon, good Monday. How was your weekend, sir? It was a pretty good weekend. Um, did a did a lot of outside activities. They included writing articles and drinking outside on Sunday. <laughs> it also included uh, walking the dog and going to a park and actually doing a, adult active things. What a gorgeous Sunday. Took the girls to the uh, She Believes Cup. The wife and the girls uh, went and watched the U.S. Women's National Team. Alex Morgan with a nice dime piece there, of course, with the assist. Megan Rapino played. So the six- and four-year-old girls, very, very happy and on a gorgeous Sunday afternoon. And look... It, we are in the it's, it's it's almost the end of February. I know what you're thinking. Oh, what 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 could possibly be going on with the Tennessee Titans? Uh, uh, everything. 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 <laughs> everything is going it's, on with the Titans. It's it's the it's Kate Hudson from the almost famous scene. And, and it, it's all happening. It's all happening. It's still all happening. Make sure you subscribe to Zach's newsletter, of course, stackingtheinbox.com. Uh, you put out a ton of information about Lamar Jackson, which is going to be a topic today on the show. Should the Titans trade? For Lamar Jackson, Jackson, we've gone through Aaron Rodgers. We've gone through Derek Carr. We've touched on Jimmy Garoppolo. We are going to get to Lamar Jackson today. And that sort of concludes your series, right, Zach? Where we're I, got, actually... I got one more coming tomorrow oh, okay. where uh, I talk about Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, and <laughs> Sam Darnold. So like the the extras. <laughs> the extras. And I, I really tear into people who, A, think that uh, the Titans are going to tank. I feel like you're wasting emotional, mental energy, and no. you should just clear it off your mind. It's just, just, just be- better and healthier for you. And I tear into Mike for his Teddy Bridgewater, continually bringing up that name. Oh, Mike Herndon? Oh, yeah. Mike's I'm sick Teddy of it. I'm sick huh? of this Teddy Bridgewater bullshit that he brings up like every episode when we talk <laughs> about quarterbacks. That's, of course, on the Football and Other Efforts podcast. Make sure you check that out. We'll talk about some, the franchise tag. Window begins on Tuesday, so we'll talk about maybe some of the Titans' strategy around that. Um, there's, there's, we will kind of finalize our predictions on where all these quarterbacks. Because again, you've gone through this series looking at all these big name quarterbacks. Where do we think they actually will end up in 2023? So we'll get some predictions from you on that one, um, as well as again what the Titans are going to do at the position, which I think we all kind of know what the most likely scenario is. Uh, I, I've, there's always a mock, mock drafts, and I know. You and Herndon have this debate as well. Like mock drafts are out there everywhere and you just can't, you can't ignore them, but like, I think you should, but there's the more important debate is why, like it's okay to read them and have fun, but there's a why behind why you should kind of take them with a grain of salt. I think most people understand, but I feel like we need to a public service announcement today on the show because it's, we're into that season now. Um, And then of course a, a quick state of the union quarterbacks in the sec to wrap things up today on the show. So a lot of stuff still happening. Uh, pharmacy Kingston group are two great sponsors. Let's talk about them for a second. Real fast here. The pharmacy in East Nashville on McFerrin Avenue. Great burgers, great tots, great locally sourced beers. Great place to go grab uh, a lunch with the family, dinner with the family, happy hour with the spouse or your buddies. Uh, you know, you want to put the screens down and have a communal experience. Zach, you go do that at the pharmacy over there in East Nashville. Great stuff. Great food. I love it. Love I love everything about the pharmacy because, like you said, there's no TV, so it's a good place just to go to actually enjoy other people. Uh, it's a good place to go people watch if, if you're into that. I'm a big guy. I'm 
I'm not a big guy, but I'm a guy that likes to uh, <laughs> go to the bar and people watch, you yep. know, typically. And that's a great place to do it as well. Um, and the food, food and the beer. You just can't. It's just one of the best places to go to get a burger. I, I fully believe that in a in a city where everybody supposedly has the best burger, everybody always says, oh, I have the best burger or you can get the best burger over here. You can get it at pharmacy. And then you can get all kinds of other really great food. They're not just a burger place, but their burgers are the best. Uh, they are fantastic burgers. And they're always coming up with some new creative stuff as well. I, I, one of the only original brat shops in town. So if you want a brat, it's one of the only places that does that. Makes all their worse in-house, of course. They got great. Uh, I think it's the best mustard in the city. So go check them out. Of course, support local business, locally owned and operated in East Nashville since 2011. Go to the pharmacy, of course, and hang out. And of course, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Now listen. I was reading this week's episode of the Nashville scene and I saw an article about a woman who bought a house, uh, like, I don't know, like $500,000 and then like shit just started breaking everywhere. And, and if you live in Nashville, one of the biggest concerns that you will have right now, if you're purchasing a house is like, how good was this renovation? <laughs> right? Like how good was the renovation? And if, how can I trust these contractors? And there's, I'm reading this article just going like, man, I wish I, I would have told this woman to go talk to the Kingston group because, and it's not meant to be like, I'm not trying to like poke fun here, but it is an actual problem in this city. Shoddy repair works, shoddy flipping of houses by, by small contracting groups that don't do it the right way and cost you and your family money. So avoid all that garbage, avoid all that stress, avoid all the lies and the litigation it affects people buying $400,000 houses and $2 million houses. Avoid all of that by just going to buildkg.com. The Kingston Group, talk to them. They will make sure you get none of that none of that stress in your life, Zach. None of that stress. You don't need stress. It's already stressful enough without having to worry about, is it while I'm asleep, is my roof going to cave in on me? <laughs> did, did, did they not... Pat, like, did, they, did they not wrap the wires? Are there exposed wires near my broken pipes? Yeah, because that that's a recipe for disaster. You can't have exposed wiring and broken water pipes in the same area. Your yeah. house will just go up in flames. Yeah. And I, I'm not. Listen, I'll make this statement. I'm willing to bet you that a that a Kingston Group house has never gone up in flames because of shoddy construction work. I'm willing to bet. I, yeah. I would have to agree. I, I think that, that's a good bet. Put a stamp on that. Uh, Stoney says, Zach, when is the Ryan Tannehill versus Daniel Jones article coming? Never. <laughs> <laughs> he got a new agent, of course, Daniel Jones. But if you want to read all of the articles, Ryan Tannehill versus, right? It's Ryan Tannehill. the inbox. Dot there, you, there you go. And you, had one, with, you had one with Aaron Rodgers. You, your most recent one is with Lamar Jackson. Uh, you got him with all the guys. You got one with the scrubs coming up later on as well. Uh, so, again, just check it out. And we'll do some kind of final thoughts after you've gone through that entire process. We've got some final thoughts for you on where the quarterback situation should be for all these guys in the NFL. Uh, but let's start with, real quickly with the franchise tag. I, this is not a thing the Titans have done a lot. Uh, they did it with Harold Landry to sort of extend the negotiation, and it worked in that situation. Um, I, I guess David Long and Nate Davis are, in theory, a, a part of this conversation in some small way. Um, what do people need to know about the the non-exclusive, exclusive, and transition tags for the NFL period that begins on Tuesday this week. Okay, so the exclusive franchise tag is the one where the player, basically you have full rights to the player. Uh, you can still negotiate a trade, but they cannot They cannot go and you know seek out trade compensation. 
the non-exclusive franchise tag is basically you give them an offer sheet. They shop that offer offer around. And if someone signs them to an offer, you as a team can have first right of refusal. And if you say, hey, I don't want to match this offer, you get two first round picks. And they're typically going to be two first round picks future draft picks depending on when that actually happens right so you mm -hmm. can get one this year and one next year but if you don't have someone signed that offer sheet the basically the whole nfl could say oh we'll give you two you now you have to take two first ones next year the transition tag means you get nothing if they walk and take a deal elsewhere so the transition tag is typically cheaper. The middle one is your non-exclusive franchise tag. That's the one that you see all the numbers for when they say just franchise tag. That means non-exclusive because the exclusive is at the time of the deal. The numbers, basically, when Derek Carr signs, that number goes up. These other yep. numbers are locked in, right? The, the exclusive franchise tag number is not locked in. You never see what that number is because it's so rarely used, right. and it's based on if Geno Smith signs, uh, gets a deal. What if uh, Daniel Jones, when he signs his tag, or maybe he waits and gets a deal, and all those numbers just continue to go up and inflate? Essentially, basically, you're probably looking at Lamar Jackson getting the exclusive franchise tag and Daniel Jones getting the non-exclusive franchise tag, if you wanted to put it into... Um, into look two buckets because obviously if you get two first for Daniel Jones, you're going to let the other team take it because Brian Dayball can do whatever. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> matter what quarterback you got. If you can make Daniel Jones look competent, it does not matter what quarterback Brian Man, Dayball has. You, you are, you're, you're, you're like slurping the, the, the Brian Dayball Kool-Aid right now. Well, like how bathed, could I not? Bathed, I mean, bathed in it. He, he has turned Josh Allen around. He has now turned Daniel Jones around. And when Daniel Jones leaves, well, let me tell you something. Good luck to whoever takes takes that contract on. And Lamar Jackson, they want more than two first, so they're going to put the exclusive franchise tag on them. Yeah, they will. And the only two names, really, unless there's a third I'm, I'm missing here, it, it it does. Also, by the way, I just think about Daniel Jones. I'm like, you could, I guess you could have just picked up the fifth-year option, but they didn't know they were going to have Brian right. Dayball and all that stuff. Um, David Long, of course, at middle linebacker. Nate Davis, their their tag numbers would be – David Long's would be $20 million. Uh, and then the transition would be 17 million. Nate Davis would be 18 million. And then the transition would be 16 million. Again, I'm rounding those numbers. Yes. But, but again, the problem with both of those players who are both high quality football players for the Tennessee Titans, the issue is that, that they don't play the premium position within even the tag category. Like inside linebacker and guard are not the same as sort of outside linebacker or even weak side linebacker and an offensive tackle. And so they're, they're almost being tagged out of position to some degree while also maybe not being premium players that deserve to get tagged anyway. So I'm assuming your, your thought is, is that the Titans will not be deploying the franchise tag this year. If they use the franchise tag, they're the stupid. This is, this is a bad sign for Rand Carthon. Like this is, <laughs> this is a terrible sign of things to come. If they use the franchise tag, I mean, it, you know, there's all the articles that are out there like, oh, what if uh, they use it on David Long or what if they use it on Nate Davis? Let me tell you something. I was going to write articles about all that stuff. And then I kept look. I looked at the numbers once the numbers were concrete. Go, why would I fucking waste anybody's time writing an article <laughs> with the question? Are they maybe going to tag them? Because guess what? They're not. You know no. what David Long is probably really worth? He's probably worth a two year, $10 million contract guaranteeing him like eight uh 20 million dollars is insanity and you don't do it to try to you know 
Hopefully we could keep them and negotiate with them and get them in a longer contract later on down the road. No, because you're already starting a way above market because now you're taking a one-year $20 million and turn into what? A four-year $20 million contract, which is okay, but you're, you've out-leveraged yourself. And the same right. thing with Nate right. Davis. I mean, Nate Davis is not worth what he's getting paid. And and I'll be honest with you, he's not, he's not a top 10 guard in the league, and I know how the market's going to probably overpay him. But guess what? Isaac Somalu, Somalio or whatever whatever his name is over in uh, um, the Eagles, they're probably not bringing him back. And if they let him hit the market, then I would rather pay him a little bit extra above what the market dictates than pay Nate Davis a little bit extra what the market dictates. Doesn't so it feel no, like there's no there's no one to use it on? And thanks a lot, John Robinson, for making sure that we had no players to use the franchise tag on. Wait, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. I mean, yeah, like, no, they're not they're not I mean, good enough. They're not good they're enough. Not good but enough. but you also aren't in a in a weird negotiation situation. Again, he got the Landry deal done, so I guess you got to say thanks. I guess for that uh, zero game, he zero games for Harold Landry. So zero guess, games played so far on the, yeah. under that new contract. He um, he overpaid Harold Landry before Harold Landry got injured. I just want that to be known. I wrote about right, it right, right, right. and all that kind of stuff. He overpaid for Harold Landry. Um, I I do think that you probably could get David Long on a deal, like to your point three or four years total at $20 million. Like I think you could yeah. maybe get him for three, let's say three years, 20 million, which would probably oh, be that's over, overpay. And that would be an overpay. Let him go. I, I think they will resign David long. And I think they will let Nate Davis walk. I think that's my, but, but that being said, let me ask you this. Do you think that is the right strategy considering where this team is strong and where this team is weak? Mostly the offensive line being such a position of weakness. Should that be a place where, you, you you give Nate Davis an extra million or two per year because you need to have something on the offensive line going into the offseason, or or is that not a p- part of the decision? Do not pay overpay anything for David Long. Do not overpay anything for Nate Davis. That is my official stance. Uh, if you want to get him at appropriate, like if you paid Nate Davis like right around the fifteenth, you know, offensive guard range, I'd be to- totally okay with that. Same thing for David Long. Because here's the thing. Neither of them can stay right. healthy. Like, why Why continue to pay for overpay players that cannot stay healthy? And they cannot stay healthy. I don't care about the holes that you have on your roster. And you really don't have one on the linebacking core anyway. For, with the way that this defense has churned out linebackers, it doesn't really matter that David Long is here or not. And it does matter that if there's a competent offensive lineman right next to NPF, but again, you can find guys in free agency that the value of what you're paying them equals out to the skill level where you're not losing that much from Nate Davis unless you're getting like, for whatever reason, 2020 Nate Davis is the best Nate Davis we've seen. Everything else right. has been sort of replaceable. I, I think what's interesting is that these are two of the, the most easily found positions in the draft. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like just by by far, by definition, it's just factually true. Guard and middle linebacker are two of the easiest positions to find in the draft at a, almost any point during the draft. Um, so uh, again, I, I think that that kind of speaks to this. Let me ask you this: um, Is there anybody that Titans fans need to think about next year in this situation? We know Simmons is obviously they're going to try to get a deal done here soon. Like, is Christian Fulton a guy? Like, who's the next name next year? Is there anybody that Titans fans need to think through that maybe? could be in this situation the way Landry was last year 
and, and the way these two again, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's a strategy here for the franchise tag with the Titans in 2023. Uh, no, I'm looking at the list. Christian Fulton is like your closest one, and yeah. but. Right now, the franchise tag for a cornerback is at 18.1, which means that's probably going to be in the 20s next year. Yeah, I'm out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Unless, he has, an elite, unless he has an elite year or something. Yeah, I, that's the thing is that these the guys that they keep paying or were paying, John Robinson was paying, were guys that had one good elite year, and then they haven't done anything since and don't have – yeah. they can't maintain – a level of consistency. And that's who you use on your franchise tag. You don't use your franchise tag on players that are going to hit the market and probably get overpaid by someone else, Corey Davis, Johnny Smith, and get, or come crawling back, Jayon Brown, because they, they're, they overvalued their market, or they just end up going to like the bears, like Dane Crookshank. And everybody thought that, Oh, can't believe we let Dane Crookshank go. He's He's before he even signed, people thought that he was going to get like five to six million dollars a year, which it was utterly ridiculous. He ended up getting like two million dollars spent most of the year on IR. Like, let's 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 put the brakes on these Titans players that are about to leave and hit free agency because you can find replacements. I swear, I swear yeah, to you. Yeah, there was a I think there was also like a week, half a week of practice when like Theo Jackson was cut and people were like, Oh, where was this? Is Dane having Dane Kirkshank would have been nice, and it's like. No, I don't. I, he's a, yeah, that wasn't going to be a thing that solved the problem. <laughs> you talk about replacing these two guys. Cam Jones in the six from Indiana is an inside linebacker that could easily replace David Long and probably be a, a little bit of a uh, more dominating presence. Maybe dominating is not the word, but he's a lot bigger than David Long. And then you could just get Jarrett Patterson in like the fourth or the fifth from Notre Dame because he keeps falling on the draft boards. Maybe he's a third round pick, but he's yeah. a guard that you could plug in and hey, you're fine. Like there, do... there's so many easy fixes. I and we're getting to a different topic and maybe we need to save it. <laughs> but this whole rebuild, retool, it, it's going to be really hard for the Titans to to bounce back. The roster was terrible last year. It is not going to be hard to field a better roster on offense than what you saw last year is not going to be that hard. And, I promise you. And it's the NFL where yes. literally things change every single season for right. almost every team. Like it's just the way that I will say, I like David Long's game a lot. The I problem is he is, he's undersized for a player of his position who also plays with the kind of intensity and passion you want from a middle linebacker. The problem is you need someone who's not normally, you know, 5'11", 225 to play like that. They need to be a lot bigger. And if he already has a history of injury, it's going to be hard to, again, if you can get him at like $5 million a year, I think he's a valuable asset on the team. And I think he's harder to replace than you think. But that middle linebacker, again, you drafted Monty Rice to be in that situation. Like that, that he's a guy you who need, showed... You need a linebacker that doesn't have string cheese for hamstrings. Well, that's, yeah. And, and again, Rice showed some signs of life in the final month of the season there at the end uh, of the year. So, all right, let's get to Lamar Jackson here again, pharmacy Kingston group, two great sponsors, check them out, support them. Uh, Lamar Jackson, one of your big, big parts of what you're doing at stack in the inbox is looking at every single possibility. This is just leaving no stone unturned. And as I'm reading this very well-crafted, very well thought out, very nuanced article about Ryan Tannehill versus Lamar Jackson as a potential quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. I could not help, but think the entire time, like, there's no effing way this is possible. But let's dream for a second and think through what it would look like for the Titans to somehow 
have Lamar Jackson on their team. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, right? Because I, I even I have to preface all this because I know people read an article, and if you don't explain and provide context about where you're coming from, they they mistake your words, and then you have to you know get back on Twitter and say, well, that's not what I meant. Well, that's what you fucking wrote. Like like let's be honest here. Don't get mad that other people read your tweet and don't know what you're thinking inside your head. You know what I'm saying? When you read the article, they don't know what's going on inside your head. So I provide context, right? I, I don't think that Lamar Jackson's an elite quarterback. We both agree on that. I think that anybody with any sense should agree on that. And I state, first off, that I think that there is only currently one elite quarterback in the NFL, and I think that's Patrick Mahomes. Now, I think other people are coming up into his echelon, but you have to have someone that can elevate the talent around him. That's my number one thing. Elevate the talent around you, both the offensive line, both the pass catchers, or overcome those obstacles. And guess what? Every time you talk about why Lamar Jackson isn't that great of a passer, why he failed to do this, or why he failed to do that, you blame everybody around him, right? That yep. means he can't elevate. Like, you, you made the argument for me. He cannot elevate. Patrick Mahomes is currently the only guy to Tom Brady at one point obviously was elite. Aaron Rodgers obviously at one point was elite. Maybe he gets back into shape coming out of his little dark hole Airbnb <laughs> and he starts taking football seriously again because I mean the reports are now that he comes in and he doesn't do anything at Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay just totally well, they took the chance while he was inside the the dark room and they just shat all over Aaron Rodgers. So We'll see how that plays out tomorrow when he's on the Pat McAfee show and makes his big announcement, which I'm sure is going to happen. So I personally, subjectively, here's the order of how I would love the Titans attack the quarterback position. So regardless of ramifications, I don't. if you ask me, I don't care how many picks they have to give up. I don't care about anything subjectively. So like a, va so like a vacuum. Yeah, to, subjectively, to this is okay. what I think. Okay. They need to, I would rather them identify their guy, trade up for a quarterback, trade away Tannehill. Their guy falls to them at 11th overall. They don't have to trade, trade away Tannehill. Trade for Lamar Jackson, trade away Tannehill. Trade for Aaron Rodgers, trade away Tannehill. Trade so, away so Tannehill. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So, so draft is your top two. Right. Trade up or take it 11. Yeah. And then you have Lamar Jackson ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Yeah. You no ramifications. I don't care about the don't care about the salary. It's not my money. It's is that not just my because he's younger? Thing. Just because he's so much younger? Think, and has... Well, he's younger, and I think he's at this stage of the career. You're going to look at someone that can elevate the game of your running game, as well as give you a. Uh, basically, he's adding another level of explosiveness and ability to go downfield that Ryan Tannehill cannot give you. Right, like Ryan Tannehill may be the better pure passer, but the get better player is Lamar Jackson. Like, if you talk about putting Lamar Jackson on this team, you're picking up at least six or seven extra rushing touchdowns. You're giving Derrick Henry a little bit more breathing room, and you're adding the vertical element of the game because he has more air yards. So, like... Yeah, I know, no, I completely agree with your Lamar Jackson yeah. to Ryan Tannehill comparison. And actually, yeah. if you if you read the, the inbox, which I suggest everyone should, I actually kind of... There's, like, not a lot for me to argue with you about because I think every point you lay out, I completely agree. The only thing I disagree with is I would have Aaron Rodgers... Ahead of Lamar Jackson, I just I, can't trust Aaron. So, like subjectively, I cannot trust Aaron long term here at the Tennessee Titans. I cannot trust Aaron Rodgers to come in and actually put in the work. I just can't do it. That's fair. Now, I can tr fair. I can trust Aaron Rodgers enough that I would be okay with trading away Tannehill and then trade for Aaron Rodgers and then trade away Tannehill. Roll with Jimmy G as a you know 
cheap quarterback bridge option. Right. Then it's extend Tannehill, and then it's everyone else. Like that that's my top seven scenario subjectively. Objectively, there is no way the Titans are gonna trade for Lamar Jackson. And I know I've said that about Julio Jones. I know I said that about <laughs> Zach Cunningham falling through the waiver wire, but let me tell you something. I I firmly believe that this would be a bad idea if the Titans traded for Lamar Jackson. I man, like so I again you lay it all out in the article, so it's hard to, for me to even try to replicate all the things. But it, it again, the just the Rodgers comparison again. 15 million, and I'm not talking about cash. I'm not even talking about acquisition yeah. costs. I'm not talking about anything. Just the, the potential salary cap hit with Lamar Jackson versus Aaron Rodgers isn't even comparable, really. No, right? I mean, no. like every no. single thing that you lay out about Lamar Jackson, whether it's trying to trade for him, whether it's trying to re-sign him, whether it's the cap hit or the cash on hand, like literally every box you try to check with having Lamar Jackson outside of the vacuum, right? Like in the vacuum, we like him. He's a really good player. He's better than he's a better overall player than Tannehill, all the things you said. But when you get into reality and you try to have to, okay, you got to trade for him. You got to resign him. You got to take cap hits. You got to have cash, all this stuff. It's virtually impossible to make the case for it to even happen in any way. Logically. It's almost virtually impossible for any NFL team. Right. Like there, there is like the Texans could probably do it. That's about it. Like when when the the Ravens really have a lot more leverage than what people want to give them credit for, because not only do you have this quarterback class, but you also have next year's quarterback class. And Lamar Jackson isn't a sure thing that's going to put your team over the top. Like that is yeah. that is the issue that you have with Lamar Jackson. And you're talking about trading away because remember, this is at minimum, right? Because we know. That essentially he got uh, Deshaun Watson, who had sexual allegations stacked up a mile high and hadn't played football in a year and a half. And he got traded away for six draft picks, three first round draft picks, a fourth round, third round and a fourth round in, in the subsequent years. This is. That's the minimum the Ravens are going to want for Lamar Jackson because they're in the driver's seat. They have the franchise tag. What's the worst thing that can happen? Lamar Jackson doesn't play. Well, let me tell you something. That does not work out for the player. I know players want to think that, oh, if I sit out and don't play, then it's going to work out for me. No, because the market's going to get filled up. And you know what happens after you don't play for a year and especially coming off an injury so you didn't play a year and a half? You're going to look like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so it's just it's kind of it's they're in a crazy situation where i know everybody's expecting there to be some massive trade market for lamar jackson but no. i don't see it because oh. i look at this how much do the tennessee titans have to spend how much is amy adams strunk herself the the board of ownership responsible for in the new stadium not including the PSLs, isn't it like five hundred million, seven hundred million? Seven, about about yeah, I would say five to seven hundred million is a okay. Rate, so let's split the difference six hundred, right? Okay, yeah, so six hundred million. If you were to pay Lamar Jackson and sign him to a contract that was a, I believe, is a two hundred eight million fully guaranteed, you would have to keep a hundred and ninety three million dollars in escrow in the first year in twenty twenty three when you sign him. That's thirty two percent of that six hundred million dollar number that she's yeah. already yeah. selling assets for to get out. It's just impossible. 
Can I can I float a little nugget here that I, a little yes. birdie told me? Yeah. Um, just as a as a kind of a, a, a to put like a point a ribbon on what you're saying or a bow. I guess you put a ribbon on it. You put a bow on it. Um, the, the rumors about what the PSLs alone could cost in the club level of the new stadium are six figures potentially, oh. which is oh. insane. And think about even even that. Let's say you have I don't know how many you would need. You let's say you had like ten thousand of them. <laughs> there's not. First of all, I don't know if there's ten thousand people in the city that could, that could afford that. But like, oh my god, that guy can't, can't be. But but think about true. but but even just hit that max yeah. number, and then say that they're gonna make all of that right. Like let again do the math on what what would I don't know how many club level how many club level seats are in Nissan Stadium right now. Would you guess? I'd say twenty. Twenty thousand. Yeah, maybe maybe no. 15, 15? 10,000 probably. 10,000? Okay. So 10,000. So if you do some quick math, um and you do and I'm doing this real quickly here on my on my uh my iPhone here. I mean, again, you even if you get to like 100 million dollars, which is impossible even at an extremely high price of PSL money coming in. I, I I'm saying all of this first of all to drop a little nugget on you, but second of all to say even at that extraordinary price point with let's say 10,000 new PSLs at a hundred grand a pop, that still doesn't come. That's not, that's like, that's like, like half a year of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> right. Like the, see, that's the thing to me. And so you're given for a new GM to come in and say, Hey, I know you have, I know Lamar Jackson hasn't finished the last two seasons, but we're going to trade away either a three first, a few seconds, and a fourth for Lamar Jackson, or seven draft picks, maybe, because that the minimum was three first, uh, two thirds, and a fourth. Or, and we're going to pay him that $208 million guaranteed and take on a uh, hundred and, oh, I just realized I didn't put in the cash right on my article. Uh, put in a, uh, also had Aaron Rodgers million. I, I have it in this thing, but I put it in the wrong thing. Uh, it's $193 million in the escrow account at the time the contract is signed. That's insane. I would look at my general manager and go, you are a crazy person because there is no way that you could take Lamar Jackson at that cash price, pay J Jeffrey Simmons and escrow his, get enough people around him. Because remember, the Raven. what I've noticed about all these quarterbacks that are, by the way, the four quarterbacks I've talked about, Jimmy G, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr, they've all had top 10 offensive pass blocking yeah. offensive lines. That's all you need for this team to be go from the, the shit seller to at least, you know, maybe like ground floor in your living room. <laughs> like they, they may not be in the penthouse, but they'll at least make it to the they'll get out of the boiler room and at least get in the hotel lobby. Uh, by the way, I just did redid the math. I apologize. If you can get a thousand people to buy a hundred thousand dollars psls you can get to a hundred million dollars yeah point is is that's like one and a half years of lamar jackson right or, or two or maybe two years of lamar jackson so and, and again that that is with an additional thousand people spending six figures on just the right to buy tickets which is again that we all know that the psls are going to be extraordinarily expensive moving forward in the in the new club levels but it, but again like that that's so far that's so far down the road that you that doesn't affect the way this team Functions you you right would now. have to get your value for the Titans to get their value out of Lamar Jackson or really any team that is going to possibly try to take on this, you know, headache of a contract. 
you have to get think that you can guarantee at least two Super Bowls. I, yeah. I feel like that's the only way and you get no... your value out of it. And if you're a team like the the Texans, okay, they got four first round draft picks, so they are a team that I think could look at this situation and go, okay, well maybe maybe we can make things work. I mean, we're the Houston Texans. We got thirty seven million dollars in cap space right now. We have a ton of draft capital that we can maybe maneuver around. Maybe we only give one draft pick in each and keep a draft first round draft pick in each of these. And we can build around Lamar Jackson. We can put him in this San Francisco offense and we can cook. And by year four, we'll be at the top of the division and, and all this stuff. And gu- guaranteeing not just one, but two Super Bowls. Yeah. Like that's more than Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. That's more than da- that's twice as many as Dan Marino. That's as many as John Elway won, like Peyton Manning. Like there's just no way that you can guarantee Lamar Jackson's going to win one, much less two. And, the, so, and you, when you're the Houston Texans, you're sitting at number two, right? So why, why do you think you need to trade? Could, wouldn't you just stick and pick like at that yes. point and build yes. your offense yes. around a different way? So, which leads yeah, us, I, right- I think he's going to be a Raven. Which leads us right into our predictions for all these guys. And I, I think Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson are not going anywhere. Yeah, I, there's I think no way Daniel Daniel Jones is going anywhere. The, those two are either re-signed or franchised. And let's be very clear. You, you, you talked about the effect of a player kind of sitting out like a year. Like Lamar Jackson kind of already did that for like a month and a half. <laughs> like, yeah. He kind of already rested his body. And and, and I, again, I, I'm not saying he wouldn't have played if he couldn't have, but he did there's lots of reports that were swirling about that, but I think Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones are franchised. I think Ryan Tannehill is extended, which is the most likeliest scenario for the Tennessee Titans, which you again, lay out multiple times about how they could save what about 15, $16 million with the restructure uh, in that contract. Um, Where is, where's some other names going here? We know that Brady's out is Rogers. The jets. Is that really where we're at with this? I, I, It's tough because I really think that he's going to go to Vegas. Okay. I I think Las Vegas, go back to Devontae Adams, you know, head over there. You got all the free weed dispensaries. It's legal. You can do all that (laughs) kind of stuff. You know, you can go go out to to the desert and do your ayahuasca retreat. He should have gone to Denver where he should have gone to Denver last year with Nathaniel Hackett. And and then, you know, mushrooms mushrooms are legal. That Mushroom to me tells me he's not going to the Jets because if he yeah. really valued Nathaniel Hackett, wouldn't he have gone last year? I maybe I don't know. Maybe he hated the situation. But again, shrooms are legal in Colorado. Yeah, like I mean, this guy's clearly. Well, we, a guy, if you go to Vegas, you're just a short ride over to the Colorado state line. That's true. Uh, I think the I think the hardest one to pinpoint because I know what you're going to say with Derek Carr. You're going to say Saints. Saints. Okay. So the hardest one for me to pinpoint is Jimmy Garoppolo, which basically ends up with the Jets. I mean, I don't know where where else does Jimmy Garoppolo go? The Texans. Oh, I, th- okay. I, I think there's a they're a sneaky team to say, okay, Davis Mills, we know what he is. We're not yeah. gonna. We we need someone that can teach our system to the next quarterback. And I think that is going to be Jimmy mm. G. The other scenario for this Jimmy G to Houston, Texas situation is, is that they ride with Jimmy G and Davis Mills, draft the best player available with their two first round draft picks. And if Jimmy G gets injured and this team doesn't do that great, 
Well, guess what? You got Caleb Mills and Drake May right there, and you have two first-round draft picks next year that are probably in a better situation and easier for you to trade up to. All right, two strategy questions. One's going to be from S. Rob here in just a second. But um, So if you have any questions, jump into the comments. But the, the one is, if you're going to draft at two, one of the two guys you love, whoever it is, or three or four guys you love, whoever, whatever it is that you, you've decided, wouldn't you just – wouldn't you save the money and just have Davis Mills be your starter? And then and whenever the guy's ready, he takes over. Uh, or, wait, wait, like, who do you want teaching the new offensive system? Like, I think that's a, is that worth $25 thing. million dollars, though? I, I don't, don't think, think he's going to get 25. I really don't think he's going to get $25 million. Oh man. And if you're drafting Bryce young, don't you kind of want to go the Kansas city route and get him a little bit more protected? I mean, that's the thing. Jimmy G, Alex, use Smith, that money. Right? Use that money on other players around him. Dude, they and got plenty let, of money. I mean, like, Davis I Mills suck. pocket watching the Houston Texans. They got plenty no, of not, money. It's not about that. It's about invest. It's about like signing a a, a guard and a receiver. It's a long. And, it's a long term investment to the health of into the mind of your quarterback. Davis Mills does nothing for this team if yeah, I'm not whatsoever. I hear you, and I understand what you're saying. I am not even at twenty million dollars. I'm not paying a tutor. I think he's going to be under twenty million dollars a year. But I will it's bet also you money. Like a- I will. What? 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 More? More whiskey? More bottles of whiskey that you owe me because you've lost a bunch of these. Uh, Malik Willis did not get drafted by the Steelers at 19 overall. Um, I, I, I guarantee. I guarantee you, Jimmy Garoppolo makes more than twenty million dollars. What, whatever. I'm, the I'm right- not feeling that. I'm not feeling that convicted. I don't know why you think I'm feeling that convicted. I, I am saying I don't think. I, I right, don't okay. feel that he's going to get that because you look at what he got last year. You look at the lack of trade market that he had over the last two seasons. They tried to get rid of him. He's constantly injured. I just have a hard time seeing that he's going to get this big contract that everybody's expecting. Specifically, when you have teams like maybe someone goes to the Panthers that we're not sure that we're not talking about. Maybe Jimmy G goes to the Panthers or something like that. But in the end, none of these guys. I, I feel like I feel like Jimmy G in the Houston just makes a lot of sense because I don't think he's going to make that much money. And you start him. And you play them, you let whoever you draft. If you draft someone, I'm not convinced that if they sign Jimmy G, that means, okay, well, we're signing the mentor for the next the quarterback. That's true. No, that's I think true. they could be that's going true. best player available. And that's I think true. that if I'm the Texans, that's the route I'm going this year. I so, don't know if there's a franchise guy in this class. I would rather sign Jimmy G, have Davis Mills be the backup, build around for next year's draft. What's I what's super ironic about this argument is that I I completely agree with you on Jimmy Garoppolo not being worth the big the big dollars that are being floated out there. Like I don't think he's that great. I don't think he's that good. I think Tannehill's better. Like I I think he's a product of Shanahan and Belichick, and I think he's been a complete product of his surroundings. And I don't think he can carry a team. I think he has kept his team back in playoff situations every time push comes to shove. So I actually, I agree with you that I think he's worth like 17 or whatever, but I think the market is going to, you know, fucking blow it out of the water for him. So that that's, it's weird that I actually like, I'm agreeing with you, but I think people are a little over inflating the current quarterback market. Maybe you're right. Um, All right. Next name. Uh, Who is the most, here's my question. Who's the most important next part of the carousel? Is it Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, well, I already I already have him re-, re being extended. I think he's going to go to the Jets. 
Okay, so this brings this brings S. Rob's question into, into into the conversation. Would Tannehill accept an extension or restructure here in Tennessee if his agent shops him and another team is willing to give him a better deal? Do you think it is tied to the Titans wanting to trade him and move on, or is it tied to Tannehill has an opportunity to get a better deal? Which are they are they the same? I mean, they're the same. I mean, the, if someone's willing to give Ryan Tannehill a really good deal and you get draft pick draft picks back. You, you take it. It's, it's a no yeah. contest. I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't care what they do after that. Like, it doesn't matter if it's you're <laughs> you're trading Ryan Tannehill away and you're going to roll with Malik Willis. Or you're tra- trading Ryan Tannehill away and you're moving up. Or you're you're getting Aaron Rodgers, signing Derek Carr. If someone is willing to give Ryan Tannehill a massive extension and deal that you are not willing to match, let him go. Do not just do it. Just cut the cord. It's a it. it it's a good reset. Let him go to New York. Let him go to wherever he may land and say sayonara, sucker. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I dude, I completely agree. So let's okay. So we've got Rogers in Vegas, Derek Carr in in uh, New Orleans, Jimmy G in Houston, Tannehill's with the Jets, uh, Daniel Jones is with the Giants franchise, Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore franchise. Let me ask you. Uh, of all of these other also rands, forget forget draft pick and and Willis. Take those two away because I think Willis is going to be here, and I'm not convinced they're going to take a quarterback. But let's just say hypothetically that they are going to re-sign a bridge, literally a bridge quarterback, stopgap, whatever you phrase you want to call it. Who, which is the one that you would like? I mean, is it is it Mayfield? Is it Dar- Geno Smith over anybody else? Yeah, the rest of them suck. They're they're trash. Well, Geno sucked until this year, so I don't. Well, I mean, he's and he he was in a system that is similar to the system that you're going to be running. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm going to take the guy that has proved it over 17 games over guys that have never proved it over entire careers. Well, I mean, Mayfield led his team to a playoff and won he, a game. There is no such thing as QB wins. He was he was getting dragged to the playoffs that year. <laughs> okay, okay let, let's be on. Let's be I, honest. They did not go to the playoffs because of Baker Mayfield. They just went to the playoffs and Baker Mayfield happened to be on the roster. That, that's that's fair. I, I I don't I think I guess G, Gino's one season was significantly better than Baker's one season. Um, but I don't know if I think one guy's definitively better than the other or not. I think they're kind of all the same. Well, um, I, you don't have to. Bridgewater think might be. I'm, the- I'm telling you that uh, you don't have to think. I'm telling <laughs> okay. you, Gino Smith is better than Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. What what about uh, so you said Herndon's all obsessed with Teddy Bridgewater? What's oh my what? god, he brings him up as like, oh, you could just sign Teddy Bridgewater. Let me tell you something. I don't want to waste it because it's in it's in the freaking okay. article. But okay, okay. don't don't use it then. Yeah. The last time that Teddy Bridgewater played a full 16 game season was 2015. And if you want to know how me and Mike's lives have changed since 2015, <laughs> stack in the inbox.com. That's how you do $4. it right there. That's how you do it right there. Um, so I okay. So final prediction is Tannehill's in the Jets. That's your. That's your. That's yeah. Your legit I, I just don't know what the Titans are going to do. I, I think. I think it's either tight. Tannehill's either going to be a Jet or he's going to be here in Tennessee. I, I like that's still, that. I could see this wild, crazy scenario where you somehow trade Ryan Tannehill for Lamar Jackson, and that's involved in the deal, and you're maybe giving up less draft picks for Lamar Jackson and all this stuff. But that's like a crazy multi-step scenario that's not really going to work out. I could see maybe you call up Frank Reich or Ron Rivera, and you say, hey, 
I got good relate. I'm Mike Vrabel. We have good relationships with you. You're in another division. You need quarterbacks that are Ryan Tannehill's skill set because you guys are kind of out in this weird. You're right outside the top three quarterbacks, right? Like the Panthers can't get one of the top three quarterbacks without trading up. The uh, commanders are kind of way down the list as well. Here's Ryan Tannehill. Let's work something out. Like I could see that like leaning on Vrabel's relationships to get him over into the NFC. I think those are your top three teams, really. I think that you're or top four. I think Tannehill landing spots in no order, just off the top of my head. Tennessee, Jets, Panthers, and Commanders. I I think people need okay. to open up their mind to teams in the NFC when all the teams have been in the AFC. And really, it's what's funny is that the Commanders and the uh, Panthers really haven't been linked to any of these free agents at all. Well, and now, now you've got Eric Bieniemy in in Washington, which makes that a little bit more interesting. Of course, you got to bring up Atlanta. Of course, you have to mention Atlanta because Arthur Smith has has coached Ryan Tannehill before, so we have to acknowledge that that's a thing. Uh, I do love Stony here. Why stop at Bridgewater? What about Brian Hoyer, Christian Ponder? Where's Charlie Whitehurst these days? Gino, here, here's what I'm gonna say. I, I actually like Geno Smith, so I'm, this is not meant to be anti. In eight years of playing in the NFL, Geno Smith had 34 touchdowns and 47 interceptions. Eight years in the NFL. And remember uh, who, what teams he was with, though. I'd be mean, like, Bad they were ones. not great teams. Bad ones. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just. He uh, gets to a good team, a team that gives him the reins, and he wins the job. Like, this isn't like, you know, when you're, everybody was making fun of the Seahawks for choosing, for not only just going into the season with Geno Smith and Drew Locke as their quarterbacks, but everybody's making fun of them for choosing Geno Smith, right? He proved them wrong. I he mean, had great you have, and great he had a, I look at the stats because I know that everybody says that he went off the rails towards the end of the year, but I'm looking at the box score stats and I'm looking at his PFF stats and I'm looking and I split him up into nine games and I'm looking at his uh, efficiency stats and I go, he just had a fucking good year. I he mean, had he, had a, he had a legit good efficient year. Yes. Yes. And it, I don't, do I think that maybe the best fit for Gino is still Seattle? Yes. Do I, I think that he could, do I think he could hold the fort down here in Tennessee while they are still trying to figure out the future of their franchise? Yes. He's not a franchise corporate. None of these guys. Right. But you can make an argument for Lamar Jackson are your franchise quarterbacks for the next five or six mm. years. Yeah. I mean, I, I and, and again, I think, um, I think the point is valid here, and this is uh, Mad Bell said this that Vrabel signing a bridge quarterback is sort of the thing that we don't think is all going to like. We all kind of agree that tanking isn't a thing. Now, I don't believe that that I think Teddy Bridgewater, whoever you like the most, Geno Smith, in your opinion, maybe I like Mayfield better, maybe Mike likes Bridgewater better, whatever, whoever it is, for a very cheap price for a temporary solution. I I don't think that's like going thirteen and four what is it three and 14 now like i don't think that's tanking because the rest of the roster is pretty good the defense is pretty good and they're gonna they're gonna make the offensive line better and they're gonna make the receiving core better and the you've got the new front office so i, I that seems unlikely which is why i still think Tannehill is the guy now unless unless they trade up or draft somebody 11 that's the diff that's the thing that could change this entire conversation and again uh if you're over there at st thomas sports park and you want to Make a statement. Just announce that Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback next year. Just, just either that, restructure. It's kind of like this Tim, the Tim Kelly hiring, right? It's like, what are you waiting for? 
are are they they are actively shopping Ryan Tannehill? They, they have. Let, to let, let's be let's be honest. They are yeah. they yeah. are not only just in negotiations with Ryan Tannehill as far as an extension is concerned. They are also trying to find yeah. trade partner and maximize trade value because there are people willing to trade for Ryan Tannehill's contract. I mean, there just is. It's just the yep. state of the the NFL, and it aren't when it really boils down to it. When you're talking about all these quarterback situations, right? You're you're looking at, um, and I got I'm gonna pull it up real quick. But Spotrack, the guy who runs Spotrack, put up a really good tweet, basically talking about the different the different trade compensation and guaranteed money. Okay, assume, and I'm gonna ask you this, Braden, and our listeners can put their answer into the chat. Ooh. Assuming all can be had this offseason, would you rather? Derek Carr estimated $50 million guaranteed. Okay. Guaranteed $50 million. Now, this is not yeah. per year. This is just guaranteed money, fully guaranteed. Oh, okay. Lamar Jackson, trade compensation plus $200 million guaranteed. Woof. Aaron Rodgers, trade compensation plus $60 million guaranteed. Okay. Or Ryan Tannehill, trade compensation plus $27 million non guaranteed. Oh well, the non-guaranteed changes the entire equation. But that's the, the entire yeah, no, no, I agree. That's I the agree. entire context, and that is why teams will trade for Ryan Tannehill. And I would be, yeah. I would, I, I know a lot of people are putting their stamp down that oh, they're taking the safe route, right? My safe route is Ryan Tannehill's going to well, be a quarterback, and there's no the reason most, to talk about most, anything else. No, it's the most efficient and effect and cost-effective route is what it is, essentially. But but for other teams, I, I think the trade compensation for other teams is going to be too enticing for the Titans to turn it down. I I would be um, I would be shocked. I would just be like, oh, I'm kind of surprised that yeah. Ryan Tannehill still Tennessee Titan. I, I I will not be. But of those three, the first three you mentioned, um, the sixty million for Rodgers guarantee. Okay, you guys include all four. Which one do you want? Out well, no, four? no, I'm saying Tannehill is the easiest one there okay, for there the Titans because it's not guaranteed money, but. Uh, of the of the first three, Carr fifty million, Lamar Jackson compensation plus a hundred million or two hundred million, uh, sixty million for Rodgers plus trade. I think Rodgers is clearly the best option of those three. But Tannehill, Tannehill here for the Titans is is excellent and tight for another team. Remember, is, is if when value. you trade for Ryan Tan or for Aaron Rodgers and he uh, retires after the first year, you're on the hook for well, forty three yeah, million dollars in dead money. Um, Mad Bell says we will know by March 12th about Tannehill if he's extended or traded. We should know by right. then. Stoney, of course, wrapping this entire conversation up with a perfect bow, which is the commanders aren't even interested in anyone because they have the future. I it's remember a how. time when Bruce Arians was at the combine. He told everybody, well, we're not interested in Tom Brady. Jameis Look, Winston is our quarterback. I have been interested in Sam Howell since he was a freshman in college and not in a weird way. Yeah, like a totally normal, totally regular man. That's quite an arm you've got there, big guy. Kind of way. <laughs> I've been I've been a Sam Howell stand for a long time. All right, mock drafts, real fast here. Um, I the the question I the, really I I know we've talked about this. Maybe it was a, a year ago. We we weren't on the air doing this show in January, February, March of last year, going into the draft. We launched on the first day of the draft last year, so we're coming up on our first year anniversary. But I think it's worth mentioning because they are just now everywhere. It's sort of like looking at your buddy's bracket or your buddy's parlays or like just your buddy's fantasy roster. Like, I just don't give a shit because these mock drafts are not informed by any actual real intel, 
even the experts that are that are doing these that actually do know personnel directors and agents and coaches in the NFL, people that I am that I would call friends of mine, they will even admit to me. They'll just say, look, this is must lie season. General managers and agents are both. They both have an agenda. Every NFL team has an agenda to not let anyone know what they want to do. And every agent wants every single player they represent to be as highest valued as possible. Like there is there. I just, if you want to read them, read them. If you want to take a look at what possibly could happen for your team at 11 and then at 41, fine. But don't tell me that there is any actual like real information in a mock draft. Don't tell me that shit. I don't want to hear it. Well, and it's also, we, we're not even to the combine. We're not even to where the meetings take place, the pro days, who's being invited in, who's not being invited in. Like that's the stuff that kind of will start influencing the mock drafts to bring them a little bit closer to actionable information is that kind of stuff. You know, if you want to look to see who is actually sort of reliable when it comes to these mock drafts there is a site the huddle.com actually Ooh, is, this, is this like ranking the mocks they, they don't they they score the mocks they don't rank them sorry they accurate. Actually, yeah they accurate. accurate they they basically they've come up with a system that um is will take into account you know if you match the player with the team you get two points if you just match the player um, if you just match the player going in the first round, you get one point. Like I got, you. I got you. There, there's a system there to, to score it. Yeah, basically, okay. people are only predicting like thirty percent of player, like ten ten player to teams are getting matched almost every year. So like you, you got to kind of go through it. Like Ben Standig of the Athletic, he's a really good one to to go in and look at. Doesn't mean that he's actionable evidence. Maybe he does. Maybe because he, he does work at the athletic and he's hearing stuff behind the scenes. You know, they have some good sources over there. But the the point is, is that like ten of his picks are probably going to be like dead on right. The well, rest of them are gonna just be like, okay, well, we got a, a, a chunk of the players in the first round. And I'd love to. So I, what I'd love to know is if how many of those are in the top like six to eight because they're probably far more predictable in the top six to eight. 10, 10 picks give or take each year just just based on like team needs and and more proven prospects at the top of the draft and, and really what i care about is where like do you get a player within a range like one to 256 or whatever whatever the total number of picks is like i like if you have a guy projected at like 157 and he goes 29th like that was stupid <laughs> right <laughs> like it's more about just give me a ballpark if you're within like 10 picks on a player you got him as the 41st best player going to so-and-so, I guess, which would be the Titans. And he goes, you know, 38th or 46th. Well, you were pretty you were pretty close. And if the Titans take the same position, well, then you were pretty close. Like, I, I think there's a, there's a way to look at it. But again, it's too early in the process. Like, we all know the Titans want an offensive line. We all know the Titans need some pass catchers. It's not That's not hard. That's not rocket science. But to know which one they like or which one is graded out higher across all 32 teams is impossible. Unless you're in a war room, you just, it's impossible. You can't. That being no gonna... said, go subscribe to stackingbox.com because <laughs> I guarantee I will have at some point mock draft Mondays. Oh, and that's great. That's awesome. I think you should do it because that people like clicking on them. People like reading them. I just think you should enjoy them for what they are. Just right. enjoy them. Just take it and go, oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be fun to have that guy. And then just move them on, move on about your day. And, 
subscribe to stackingtheinbox.com. Uh, Stoney, <laughs> Stoney, you're having a good day today, man. I want the least informed mock draft. Give me the Dalton Kincaid to Titans takes. Uh, that's a really good tight end, by the way. Um, just not at, really at good 11. injured tight end. I love love not an injured player. Just not eleven. Not not even in the at forty one. Maybe in the fourth round. We'll see. Um, all right, real quickly here. Uh, let's do some SEC stuff to wrap up as um, we've gotten through all of our Titans stuff for the for the day. Um, Zach, how how good would you call the quarterback class, the, the starting roster of quarterbacks in the SEC last year? In your in your recent casual I mean, fan memory, be, don't they have to be the the best? I mean, we talked about it heading into the season that it, this is probably the best collection of not only just teams in general, but of quarterbacks. I mean, you're talking about Spencer Rattler, you're talking about KJ Jefferson, you're talking about ugh, Will Levis, um, Bryce <laughs> Young. You're, you know, um, uh, Hendon Hooker. Mm -hmm. You're going through all these names and these players and teams. And it, it was probably the best collection of quarterbacks we've seen in the SEC in a very, very, very long time that were spread out among a bunch of different teams. Would you like to know the year? I think yes. I can give, I think I can give you the year that was the best collection of quarterbacks in the SEC since 2013. Johnny Manziel. Was following because following up his Heisman campaign at Texas A&M. AJ McCarron was winning his second national championship in a row, or he had just won two national championships in a row. I think he finished third in the Heisman. Aaron Murray set the all-time SEC passing record that year at Georgia. Connor Shaw at South Carolina is the best quarterback South Carolina has ever had. Uh, James Franklin at Missouri, not the coach at Vanderbilt, but the quarterback at Missouri had led Missouri to the SEC championship game. You had Nick Marshall leading Auburn to the SEC. You're really dropping off. Like, hang on, hang on. Well, I'm not there yet. Hang on. Dak Prescott at Mississippi yeah. State. Um, you you had a, a collection of guys that were across the league, very high quality, and veterans. And and almost all those guys, I think, left to go to the NFL that year, except for Prescott, I believe. Uh, but Nick Marshall led his team to the national championship game that year. Is what I, is what I'm saying. As like the seventh or eighth best player, Zach Mettenberger was starting for LSU. Bo Wallace was starting for Ole Miss. Point is, is there's not a lot of like weak spots there, and and that was probably the best quarterback crop. And this year, or I guess the last year, you've got three first round draft picks in Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. Likely, you've got the two time defending national champion in Stetson Bennett. You mentioned KJ Jefferson. Jaden Daniels is back at LSU, who was there last year, of course. Um, and oh, by the way, the guy who finished fifth in the Heisman, who had the most efficient season in the history of Tennessee football and Hendon Hooker. So I, I think the point is, is to set the scene for this year, 2023, it was the best, it was the best quarterback league we've had in over a decade, probably, or roughly a decade, let's say last year, this year, who's the starting quarterback at Georgia? Who's the starting quarterback at Bama? Who's the starting quarterback at Ole Miss for Lane Kiffin? Who's the starting quarterback at Auburn? I mean, it's all question marks across. Well, the board. isn't Florida still technically a question mark too, with everything that's going on down there? Probably. I mean, Graham Mertz transferred in from Wisconsin. He's okay. <laughs> I mean, he's going to have his best season probably. I mean, this like year. Spencer Rattler, KJ Jefferson is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL yep. or the SEC, right? I mean, like yep. Yep. when you really look at it, he's the best one. So that leaves Spencer Rattler number two, or are you oh, putting Jane Daniels there? I have Spencer Rattler at like number seven. Oh wow! <laughs> well, I will yeah. need to hear these rankings then because I, I have Joe Mil I have Joe Milton at like ten. 
Yeah, I can see that. I can see um, that. But just because he hasn't proven it yet, that's all. Like, he's not proven yeah. it yet. Um, Jaden Daniels would be top four. Devin Leary at Kentucky, the NC State transfer, would be probably number three. Will Rogers, who has thrown for like 11,000 Oh, yeah, yards. I always forget Will Rogers. Everybody does. Um, KJ Jefferson, Will Rogers, Devin Leary, Jaden Daniels, probably your top four. Yeah. At, not Leaves a lot to be desired. And then... Probably Ty Simpson, who will win the job at Bama. Probably Carson Beck, who will win the job at Georgia. Are both going? Whoever wins the job at Bama and Georgia are we'll going to have good. good years. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then it's a combination of like Spencer Sanders, who played forty plus games at Oklahoma State, who could start at Ole Miss. You mix him in with Joe Milton, who's lost every single quarterback battle in his career in college football, but should be should probably have his best season. Spencer Rattler, I have no idea what he is. He had nine touchdowns in eleven games last year. He threw nine. He threw nine touchdowns against Vanderbilt and Tennessee. So I like I don't know what Spencer Rattler is. Um, and then after that, it's like who else? Like Connor Wigman at A and M. Like he's a five star. Is Walker Howard going to win the job at Ole Miss? Like it, you just keep going with like question. It's just que- it's a whole list of question marks other than KJ Jefferson, Will Rogers, and Devin Leary. Those Isn't three. this the most intriguing storyline? Would you say is the state of the SEC quarterbacks and who's going to win all these jobs and what do they all look like and what do they mean for the future of the some of a these million, teams? A million percent and tied with coordinators, right? Yeah, because like, I'd say right. I mean, like you know, yep. Georgia, who Kirby Smart is a relatively young head coach, just lost Todd Munkin, and they don't and they have a Mark Bobo coming in with a quarterback situation that's less desirable even yep. though that it's kind of almost plug and play you know because georgia's d- offense just sort of got a pretty great supporting cast around it and a really well, great defense like okay kj jefferson's probably number one new coordinator um you've got a new coordinator at missouri new coordinator at tennessee new coordinator at kentucky new coordinator at georgia and alabama both going yeah. through quarterback battles new coordinator i mean you got three qu- quarterbacks at ole miss going through a battle Again, Devin Leary's a nice player from NC State, but new coordinator Liam Cohen, which we think is a good move. New coordinator at at South Carolina. You want to know who it is? <laughs> Dow Loggins. <laughs> Ooh, oh my gosh, I did not know that. It's so, oh my gosh, the weirdest hire I've ever seen. Shane Beamer, Spencer Rattler, and Dow Loggins together in Columbia, South Carolina. But it's just Missouri has a new has a guy who started all twelve games last year, basically, in Brady Cook, and has a new coordinator. Like it is every team either has a quarterback battle or a new coordinator or both in the SEC. Will Rogers doesn't have Mike Leach anymore to 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 run the offense. I mean, like again, yeah. for obviously very different reasons, but just it is so wide open. It's absolutely the number one biggest storyline. What the hell are we going to see at quarterback in this conference this year? Because again, the year after that is going to be Arch Manning time, baby. <laughs> yeah, Arch Manning and Steve Sarkeesian. Welcome to the SEC. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> oh man. Well, I listen. I I could I could spend an hour talking about the quarterbacks in the SEC, but uh, you guys, you know, go listen to Fringe Element for that. <laughs> there you go. We'll, we'll talk about it then. Uh, football and other F words. Pharmacy Kingston Group. Two of our great sponsors, of course. Uh, make sure you check them out. Buildkg.com. Go into pharmacy and have a great burger and a brat and some tots and some mustard, some locally sourced beers, all that great stuff. Subscribe to Stacking the Inbox as well. Never a dull moment with you Titans fans. We always have really high-quality stuff to talk about. No empty calories here on this show, football and other F-words, as well as all the other great shows from the 440 Sports Network as well. Uh, Otherwise, I think that's about it, Zach. Got anything else for the good folks out there? 
Well, the Jaguars uh, lost their offensive coordinator just now, or is he passing game coordinator? Uh, oh, he's passing different. game coordinator. Um, and he is headed to the Indianapolis Colts. Going There's some uh, in-division incest going on. Um, real quick, this Sounds Arizona... Like SC, now it's, that's some SEC talk right there. <laughs> Arizona is assembling the least impressive staff I've ever seen. And while Frank Reich over in Carolina is, is assembling the most impressive staff I've ever seen. Just want to throw that out there. The Arizona Cardinals are in dire straits for the next few years for sure. Oh, oh my gosh. And uh, well, they're probably going to draft, what, Jalen Carter probably, right? In the, with the oh, third I don't, pick or something like that? Oh, who knows? Um, we, 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 we've got a lot of offseason, and we will be discussing yeah. heavily what is happening in Jacksonville, Houston, and Indianapolis throughout the course of the offseason. So uh, don't go anywhere, folks. We do appreciate all you guys for – Jumping into the comments again, Kingston Group Pharmacy. Check them out. Uh, we appreciate all you guys for rating, reviewing, subscribing. Share the show. Tell somebody about it. We do appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at Pod at Braden Golf. For Zach, I'm Braden. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. This has been a football show. Thanks.